Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. So this is my first attempt at a video podcast. I mean, I have experience with live streaming these things, but this is the first time Peculiar has ever had a video podcast. So welcome to the show, everybody. This is Peculiar. My name's Jake and Orton. We're talking about church people and how they're weird. And it's the insider perspective as to why we do the things that we do. Why do church people do the things that they do? So we're kind of going to talk about one of the most stereotypical things. Uh, that is kind of famous for churchy things. I felt like that was kind of repetitive. But, nonetheless, the point still stands. It's a very churchy idiom, popular statement, etc. Um, way this works... There is this thing known as prayer. Prayer is a very church-related word. And the way it tends to go is this. The way that it'll pop up a lot for people is that they will talk to a church person about something going on in their life. And they will hear this phrase, can I pray for you? Or, I'll be praying. Um, and if you don't necessarily know what prayer is, or you think you know what prayer is, but you're really not sure, and if your idea is that prayer is asking God to fix a thing, which, in most people mi people's mind, that's what prayer is. Prayer is asking God to fix a situation. Um, it's often thought of as the Santa Claus wish list. Uh, but instead of writing to a fictional man in the North Pole, we are asking the dude up in the sky to fix something else. We're not asking for iPads or uh, choo-choo trains or whatever else you might ask for. Turbo Mandel. No. Uh, none of that. Instead, it's asking Jesus to get involved in human affairs. And for context, people have believed in prayer for a very long time. Prayer uh, has been a part of human life ever since humans decided that there were divine creatures in the world. Ever since we decided that there were divine beings, we have prayed 
to said divine beings. It's uh, rooted in all kinds of things. Um, Benjamin Franklin uh, has this quote that he said about uh, prayer. And it goes something after the manner of I know that God governs in the affairs of men. Uh, it, I want to make sure that I have this quote right. It says, God governs in the affairs of man, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid. Now, of course, Ben Franklin being one of the founding fathers of America, he's referring to the founding of the United States of America. <laughs> but the statement stands that prayer, it's kind of in the DNA of... Um, our current running systems in the world. Another founding father, George Washington, uh, put it more in this fashion. He said something after the manner of... He... he uh, he put it this way, of all dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who would labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, those firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. Uh, he said that in his farewell address to the United States. He said, Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that thou wilt keep the United States in thy holy protection. Uh, another famous American politician, I don't know why I'm on American politicians, but here I am, nonetheless. Uh, Abraham Lincoln made a habit of prayer. Uh, so it's kind of all in my home country's DNA, prayer, all over the place. So, that's, it's, it's kind of deep in our history. But of course, I know that not necessarily everyone who may hear this is of United States origin. And right now, I'm just kind of trying to say that smart people prayed. Um, but I'm also, I, I kind of pointed towards this. A lot of people think of prayer as a wish list. There's, that's... People who think of prayer as a wish list don't necessarily understand what the Bible meant when it said we needed to pray. We are not praying for a for it to be a wish list. We try to pray so that we can invite God into the situation. It's not, hey God... I need a pony. 
It's not, hey, God, I need a girlfriend. It's not, hey, God, I need a new job. Although all of those things are perfectly acceptable, acceptable to talk about. That's not necessarily what we see when we look at the Bible talking about prayer. Yes, there were times that people prayed in the Bible for God to fix a situation, to grant something. Um, one of the most famous prayers in the Bible is known as the prayer of Jabez. Um, and that is found in... Um, make sure that I'm saying this correctly. It is found in the book of First Chronicles. In First Chronicles 4 and 10, it's a guy named Jabez, shocker, praying to God and he says, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Another translation puts it, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve. That sounds a lot like our ideas of how modern prayers tend to be. It's, Oh God, make my life good. So... That's one of the most famous prayers because it appeals to what people like to think of when they are talking about prayer. They are praying, God, help me be awesome. <laughs> Am I saying the prayer of Jabez is wrong? Well, it's in the book, and it is a good thing to be praying. Oh, God, I want blessing. Oh, God, I want influence. Oh, God... Let your hand be with me. God, I want to make sure you're backing me up. And finally, don't let bad stuff happen. I want to be free from pain. I don't want to deal with a lot of problems. It's, it's a good surface level prayer. And it's a good starter. If you're going to pray, those are some basic things that are good to pray about. God, I want blessing. God, I want influence. And God, I want you backing me up. And finally, God, keep the bad stuff from happening to me. Not necessarily bad, but also prayer can be a lot more than that. In fact, one of the, uh, in the Bible, we hear about a guy named Job who was attacked by the enemy. He was attacked by a spiritual enemy, the devil as he's known. Um, he was literally attacked by the devil. His entire life got turned upside down. And when it finally turned around from him was not when he prayed, God, get me out of this situation. When it, when it changed for him, when the situation shifted, was when Job prayed for his friends. Job prayed for his friends. That is in Job chapter 42, verse number 10. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. 
When Job prayed for his friends, that's when things began to shift and began to change. Prayer is not meant to just be about us. In fact, when people are saying, let me pray for you, that's kind of a big thing. That's actually what prayer is really supposed to be a, a whole lot more about. It's not prayer for us, but prayer for other people. But it can go even deeper than that. Where the real prayer stuff happens... Ew. I think one of the best places to look would literally be in the words of Jesus. Jesus talked about prayer a lot. Jesus' prayer, you will find is an example he this is how he taught his followers to pray Jesus prayed for his followers but he also taught them how to pray oftentimes you'll find in the bible Jesus went alone to pray uh, early in the morning Jesus rose and went to pray Jesus prayed Jesus prayed Jesus prayed uh, and one of the first places we meet up with Jesus is when Jesus is It's when Jesus uh, is just getting to start out and being noticed in the public eye. He gets baptized by his cousin John. And then immediately he goes off alone to the wilderness to spend some time in prayer and separating himself to make himself more holy through a, a thing called fasting, which... I don't remember if I've ever talked about this on here or not, but it's a, basically it's a time where we go without some food in order to get closer to God. We get less focused on what our human bodies want so we can focus on what God wants. Um, so, in Matthew chapter 6, we read what is often known as the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter number 6. And in Matthew 6, the disciples come to Jesus and they have asked him to teach them to pray. So he says, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites that love to pray standing in the churches, in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you, they already have received their reward in full. And by that he means everybody sees them praying and they're known as holier than thou. They're known as being awesome and cool. They're, they're known for being good and moral. And that's all the reward that they're going to get. He says, They love to pray in synagogues, stand on street corners, and be seen by others. I tell you, they've already received their reward in full. He said, Instead, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. In other words, pray to God. Then your Father who sees what you are doing in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't keep on babbling on like pagans. Don't just repeat the same words over and over again, like 
sometimes we see people do when they pray. Oh, Jesus, 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 Lord, Lord, God, 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 Lord, 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 Jesus, Jesus, love you, love you, love you, Jesus, Jesus, God, God, help, 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 help us, Lord, Father, God, Lord. Uh, there are people who pray that way, and it's not at all what Jesus wanted us to do. <laughs> um, he said, when you pray, don't keep babbling. They think they will be heard because of their many words. It's not how many words you say, it's what you say. It's, it's about content, not uh, capacity. It's... Uh, it's it's about quality, not quantity of content. That's that's the word I was looking for. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. So yes, God already knows what we're going to pray before we pray it. God knows what we're going to pray before we pray it already. So... With all that in mind, we should pray like God knows what we're talking about. Just tell him what you need. Talk to him. But there's a certain order and style that Jesus prefers to us to pray in. He says, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, we start off by acknowledging that God is a father. God can be, you can go to God and address him the way that you would a parent. In the way that you would address someone that you trust to protect you, to love you. You, you can go to him and just say, hey God, I need help. And I know I'm saying that's not the only thing that we're praying for is help, but uh, it's it's a good it's a good way to introduce it and say, "Hey, God, I need help, and I'm trusting you with this. So can you help me out a little bit?" Then he goes on and says, "Hallowed be your name." Now that's not normal everyday language like it was. Um, <laughs> when these words were pinned to paper, uh, we th that's a phrase that came about that was when the Bible was translated into English in the 1600s. So let's look a little more uh, modern language and see what how they how they have rephrased this in the modern version. He puts it, may your name be kept holy, in the more modern translation. May your name be kept holy. Or even another version puts it this way. Um, this is the paraphrased version that was put out by a man named Eugene Peterson in the Message Bible. Our Father in Heaven... Reveal who you are. <coughs> I, I, no, the, no, I'm, I'm gonna go back because 
keep let your name be holy is probably the best way to put it. So that is phrased in such a way so that we are, we know we are coming here to say, hey God, you are awesome. You are awesome, God. Thank you for all that you do. At this point, you just start thanking God, praising God for what he's done. Hey, but when we pray, we're coming because we have issues, right? That don't need to be why we're here. We, the reason prayer exists is to talk to God. Prayer exists to talk to God. We are coming to God to talk to him. And I don't know about you, but if people only ever come to you asking for help, a lot of times we don't like that. Let's get to know God. Huh? <laughs> Let's get to know God. That's why we're here. We're here to get to know God. Let him be a friend. We're here to be God's friend. And one of the best ways to become somebody's friend is to show appreciation. At this point, we are still stepping... We're still not talking about what we want yet. We're saying, hey, you know that thing that you've done for me in the past? Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for the fact that I exist. God created us. So we can thank him for that. We can thank him for the fact that, uh, yeah, I know everything may not be perfect, but you know, I thank you that I can come to you and talk to you anytime I want. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the fact that you love me. I thank you for the fact that you've given me the opportunity to talk to you. I thank you for being you, for being holy, for being different from everyone else in the world. So at this point, we continue on into something a little bit different. And it says, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. God is the king of the universe. And he has a very certain will. We talked a little bit about God's will over the course of the past few weeks. God wants a certain way for this world to unfold, and God's way is the best way. No matter what we may think, no matter what we may see as the priorities, God's way is the best way. We want His will to be done. We want His kingdom to come. And what we're really praying there when we say, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are saying, God... In heaven, everything is seen as perfect, as perfectly following how you want it to be. Here on earth, it's not always so much. Sometimes here on earth, bad stuff happens, man. Bad stuff. Murders abound. Sexual deviancy is a thing. Uh, rape happens. Bad stuff, man, bad stuff. Countries go to war. Peace is not well known on the planet. What we're praying here is, God, can you please 
just let your will be done. And one of the big things with saying, Jesus, let your will be done, is we're saying, hey, I'm willing to live life the way you want me to live life. I want to live life the way you want me to live life. We're saying, hey, God, what you've written in the Bible, what you've said is your will. I'm going to do it. I'm going to live my life to the best of my ability the way that you want me to live life. So, at this point, we're just saying, hey, God, whatever you ask, yes, yes, Lord, I will do it. And it continues on, and it says, Give us today our daily bread. Uh, New Living Translation says, Give us today the food we need. Um, and other translations put it a little bit different uh, than that. The New American Standard Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty, pretty standard. That's kind of what I just said. Uh, we're going to go back to the message Bible here and read what it tells us. The message Bible phrases that as keep us alive with three square meals. Uh, that's... Decent, but a th this is applies to so much more than just food. It applies to hey, at this point, God, I want to make sure that I have enough to survive and do life the way you want me to do life. I want to live my life the way that you want me to live my life. But in order to live my life the way that, in order for me to live life the way that you want me to live life, there are certain supplies I'm going to need. So, Lord, I'm struggling with these gas prices right now. Lord, can you, can you help me to have enough money to make it? Lord, my job is cutting back my hours can you lead me to a job that's going to make me able to survive to give to do all the things that you want me to do god i'm struggling right now can can you give me the ability to love people the way i need to love them can you and this doesn't just have to be what what what's it, what I really like about this prayer is the plural language that he uses keep us alive give us this day our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread us, us, us. 
And it, it really drives home that point that this isn't just me that we're talking about here. This is me. This is my brother. This is my sister. This is my mom. This is my dad. This is a pastor. This is my coworker. Jesus, I'm praying for all of us to be able to do what you want us to do. So this is where you start asking for stuff. And it's one little note in this prayer model that Jesus has given us. And then he goes on and he says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, Eugene Peterson puts it as, Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Other translations put it in different ways as well. Uh, the... New American Standard Bible, once again, it, it, it puts it as forgives our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. The NIV, New International Version, puts it as saying forgives our debts as we have also forgive, forgiven our debtors. Once again, it's pretty standard as people really like the way that it was put so people tend to say it over and over the same way uh, another one says forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us basically at this point we are asking God to forgive us for the fact that we have done stuff wrong we have done things wrong But on the same token, people have done wrong things to us. Uh, it, he, it says this, if you forgive those, this is in verse 14, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. God says, hey, I can only give you as much mercy as you are willing to give other people. I talked about this a lot in an episode with an interesting title on my other podcast, uh, Reality Speaks. Uh, I titled it, It's Time to Talk About Bruno. <laughs> uh, talking about Disney's Encanto movie and some of the stuff in there that I thought was really interesting. And paralleling into some ways that we live our lives and what the Bible has to say about it. So if you want to hear more thoughts on that Go check out that episode. Uh, but let it be known. We need to forgive people because if we don't forgive people, that our, our forgiveness in heaven is tied to that. Um, okay. So I'm kind of going a little long, but prayer is a big topic. So uh, I'm almost ready to wrap up. Uh, it, it, it finally kind of ties, ties in here. And says, don't lead us to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, is why another one puts it. The New King James Version says, do not lead us into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. So, at this point we say, Hey God, I've asked you to forgive me for my sins. I've said sorry 
and I've prayed for you to help me to accept other people's sorries. Now, I want you to help me to say no when the opportunity comes to sin again. Lord, minimize my opportunities to sin. And also, when the opportunities come, help me to say no. And then it finally wraps up by saying, Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this point, it's saying, Hey, God, once again, I repeat, you're pretty awesome. You're great. You're amazing. You're holy. And I just stand in awe of the very creation. <laughs> I, I, I'm just shocked and amazed at how awesome this world is that you have made. I'm just shocked and amazed at this very world that you have made, Lord. Prayer can change your life. Because I just give you this challenge. Just give it a chance. Uh, I'm going to put it, there, there's a message, there's a series of messages by a man named Raymond Woodward. Who used the section of verses right here. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6 to break it down into seven simple prayers that can change your life I believe that's how he titled it seven seven simple prayers that can change your life seven Uh, into just little one word statements our father in heaven hallowed be your name he called that thanks just tell God thanks uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Tell God che- tell God yes. Give us this day our daily bread. He said, ask God for enough. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Tell God sorry. Uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Tell the enemy no. And then finally, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Say, oh God. Wow, you're awesome. So, that is, in order, thanks, yes, enough, sorry, no, wow. Thanks, yes, enough, sorry, no, Wow. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting one now. Oh, yes. Uh, It actually starts with our Father in Heaven. He says, Help. Thanks. (laughs) Yes. Enough. Sorry. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, I'll try and link... uh, link a playlist to that um, those messages if you want to hear those in the podcast show notes thank you for listening Uh, and I I think we're probably going to stick on this prayer topic for at least a little while uh, because it's kind of a big one Um, prayer is a very interesting element of church people's lives and if you look into it it really can be quite a lot. I've 
went over my typical 30 minute mark so sorry for that 35 minutes uh, but I, I hope you give this a listen I hope you will continue to check all that out there is really so much on this topic uh, let me know how this video thing goes guys um, I hope you don't I, I hope that works for you let me know if that's a good idea let me know if you want more of that uh, so just all in all uh, good to have you see my face I guess <laughs> thank you for listening and we'll see you guys again next week as we dive deeper into this peculiar thing called prayer <laughs>